0: We're not going to be in Isaiah today. We're going to go back into Galatians chapter 3, verses 24 through 29, and we're going to be speaking on the subject, the faith force, and I trust that uh, the word will be a blessing to you um, and, and that God will edify our hearts and minds through his word. Would you stand with me as we read these scriptures from the New King King James Version? Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For as you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus... For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Stephen Thomas if he will to lead us in this prayer. Amen. You may be seated. So speaking, and as we read through this scripture this morning, and as if we read through Galatians and Romans and all of the other epistles of the Apostle Paul, faith is important to him. It's vital. It's absolutely the foundational doctrine for us as Christians to know that it is through faith, In Christ that we are saved. And so faith force. And I looked up force in uh, Merriam-Webster dictionary and it says faith is the strength or energy created or brought to bear because, I'm sorry, exerted or brought to bear uh, and its cause or motion or change. Active power, and so um, many of you have been driving maybe out to West Texas, or you 've seen these big what so called wind farms, and uh, they 're turning, and how are they turning because of the force of the wind on those big turbines and so uh, force is important, and there are many forces in the world, and uh, we could talk about. Fundamental forces, if we study physics, and I've never studied physics, and, uh, uh, but uh, you, you've got many different forces uh, in, in physics, in the uh, atoms, and you've got the strong force that holds the uh, atoms together. You've got the force of gravity that uh, keeps everything going in order in this universe and on this, in this world. And so there are a lot of fundamental forces that are vital to our lives, but there's also fantasy forces. Um, Several years ago at the uh, Super Bowl commercial, there was a Volkswagen Passat commercial. And uh, in the commercial, it showed about a little six-year-old boy dressed up in a Darth Vader costume. And uh, the little boy was standing in front of the Volkswagen Passat and he was holding up his hands there as if he had the force that would stop the Volkswagen from moving. And uh, so there is fantasy force, but... Yesterday I encountered a different kind of fantasy force. Uh, As I was going through on my computer, I ran across Joel Osteen's Inspiration Cube. Have any of you seen Joel's Inspiration Cube? Uh, It's a little small thing and uh, if you buy it for $39.95, then you can listen to Joel's inspirational messages for 365 days a year, and a lot of his sermons are on there, and uh, you can, if one special blessing to you, you can record it and replay it and record it and replay it. So, but... um, So that's that's fantasy force. Um, they had several reviews of people who had uh, bought the Inspiration Cube. And uh, one said, it's all positive. It's not negative. Our lives have changed completely. Another said, it was almost like a friend was speaking to me. I'm at peace. My victory is already accounted for. And then a third, it makes you really energized. God is in control of your life, and boy, have I seen blessings. He put the hope in my heart. So that's Joel Osteen, what I'm calling another fantasy force. Uh, Now, if you disagree with me about Joel Osteen, that's your privilege. We won't argue about it, but uh, another force that I lived with and encountered for all those years that we lived in Taiwan. And that's the feng shui force. Any of you ever heard of feng shui? I know some of you have heard about feng shui. Another word for it is geomancy. Um, And uh, in feng shui and in qigong and all of those things, uh, the, the force is called chi. It's the life force that fills the universe. And uh, you, you have this chi in the heavens, you have it in the earth, you have it in every living thing. And uh, the, the Chinese have studied the chi for thousands of years and uh, the qi, for those who believe in it and practice it, it is the answer for everything. And uh, there is, of course, heaven qi, which is tin qi. There is earth qi, which is di qi. And then there's human qi, which is ren qi. And... Uh, the Chinese believe that if you keep your chi in balance, you don't want it too hot, you don't want it too cold. You have to, and certain things you can do to keep the chi in balance. That's the force that will make you successful in life, and um, in a lot of people here in America and other places in the world, for that matter do not understand that in countries and cultures like Taiwan, China, all of Southeast Asia, South Korea, Japan, they, this this idea of chi is pervasive. And uh, that's one of the reasons that it makes it so difficult to reach those places with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the fu- the, uh, the qi is found, they u- it's used in acupuncture, Chinese traditional herbal medicine, uh, martial arts, and geomancy, which is where they, ca- they will hire a feng shui specialist to come and tell you, what's wrong with your building, or how to build your building, where to put the door, where to put the window, what direction it should face, and all of these things, uh, that is feng shui qi, that's the force, and, um, just, uh, uh we had a, a, good missionary friend in Taiwan, and he started a church out in the, uh, eastern suburbs of the city of Taichung, where we lived, and, uh, They they grew and the Lord blessed, and so they needed a building. And uh, in the housing area where they were working, and uh, there came up this house for sale, and uh, the the price was dirt cheap because it was located right now a water tower over here and then a little short dead-end street. And uh, the feng shui specialist said that brought all the bad, evil things into that building, into that church. And so, of course, they didn't believe in the the, 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 the feng shui chi. And so God blessed. As far as I know, the church is still thriving there. And uh, even though the missionary has gone to be with the Lord in heaven. But... Um, so there's the feng Sui and then there's the false force. The false force. And uh, the devil has been busy throughout the ages from the Garden of Eden down to the present time in disseminating his false gospel and his false message of salvation and uh, his false... Word about what you and I need to do in order to be saved, and uh, one of those uh, the the false force is that you've got to be a member of a certain church in order to be saved. Uh, that if you're not in that church, then you're lost and your con- your soul is condemned to eternity in hell. Uh, another one of those false forces is that baptism is the door to salvation Uh, Paul speaks of baptism here in our scripture but he's not talking about water baptism he's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit when we are baptized into Jesus Christ and become part of his body and uh, so uh, those who fall and and, uh, you know we had Uh, Another good friend that we had over in Taiwan, uh, his name was Ted Skiles, and they operated an orphanage over on the northeast uh, coast of Taiwan. And uh, he sent out his newsletter to everybody. And uh, they'd have pictures in it. And it would show pictures of him baptizing different ones. And he would uh, say, so-and-so baptized into Christ as though baptism is what joins us to Christ. But Paul would make it clear to us that it is only through faith in Jesus Christ that we can have that real force that gives us eternal salvation. Another part of this false force is that grace is imparted when people are baptized by the priest or the bishop uh, in a certain church. And if you're not baptized in that church by that uh, ordained bishop or priest, then you have no hope of eternal salvation. And so that's just a few of the things that Satan brings as far as the false force. But today we're going to talk about the faith force. And uh, several points. We've got four points. Because of the faith force, we are anchored in God. Point number one, we're justified by faith. Point number two, we're sons of God through faith. Point number three, we're clothed in Christ through faith. And number four, we're one in Christ. Through faith. And so justified by faith. Verse twenty-four. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now, a definition of justification. Throughout the Bible, justification refers to God's declaring a purpose, a person not guilty on the basis of faith in Him. It is the free and gracious act by which God declares a sinner right with himself. Forgiving, pardoning, restoring, and accepting him simply on the basis of trust in the person and work of his son, Jesus Christ. And uh, you could be baptized a thousand times and you could, uh, you know, and, and I uh, see a lot of people go back to visit Israel, and they uh, are baptized in the Jordan River. Uh, and, and I guess that, that's all right, but uh, I was, when I was 10 years old, my uncle Ray Turner baptized me in Henry Hans Cow Tank, seven miles north of Aspermont, Texas. And that's good enough for me. It didn't save me. But it was by God's grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, that I was justified. That God declared me innocent because my faith in him and my sins were covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Chapter 2, verse 16 says... Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law. For the, by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. And uh, Paul gives us the example of Abraham, chapter 15, verse 6 of Genesis says, of Abraham and and he believed, excuse me. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Paul quotes this scripture in Galatians chapter three and verse six, saying, Just as Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteous. Abraham was not a perfect man. One thing going for him though was his faith he He had faith in God, and therefore God declared him righteous. He stood before God as righteous, forgiven, cleansed, a child of God and you and I can thank God that we Through Christ, through our faith in him, we know that we are saved by his grace. We are justified. We are forgiven. Dr. Roy Gustafson, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that properly, gave this illustration. He said, it seems that there was a man in England who put his Rolls Royce on a boat and went across to the continent to go on a holiday. While he was driving around Europe, something happened to the motor car. He cabled the Rolls-Royce people back in England and asked, I'm having trouble with my car. What do you suggest I do? Well, the Rolls-Royce people flew a mechanic over. The mechanic repaired the car and flew back to England and left the man to continue his holiday. As you can imagine, the fellow was wondering How much is this going to cost me? So when he got back to England, he wrote the people a letter and asked how much he owed them. He received a letter from the office that read, Dear Sir, there is no record anywhere in our files that anything ever went wrong with a Rolls Royce. Well, we can say the same thing about you and me through my faith in Jesus Christ As sinful as I am, as unworthy as I am, I stand before God justified and forgiven and cleansed because of one thing, and that is because of my faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, when I was that little 10 year old boy uh, out in West Texas, and uh, Brother Steve mentioned protracted meetings in his uh, uh, Sunday school lesson this morning, and uh, I have had experience in protracted meetings. My grandpa was, at one time, the pastor of that little church, and then later, my Uncle Ray Turner. And and so in the summertime, third week in July, they would start the revival. And uh, I can remember times when this is way out in the country. You, you can't even imagine how how far out in the country this is, and yet no TV. And so that little church house would be packed in the summertime, and I've seen as many as thirty people come forward in the summertime during that revival to accept Jesus as their personal Savior. And uh, the, the protracted meeting came, they would start out with a week. And if people were still being saved, they would extend it for another week. And they'd keep going as long as God was blessing and supplying. So uh, that. <clears throat> so today, we are justified through Him. And I stand cleansed and forgiven and justified before God because of his precious son who took my place on the cross, died in my place. Point number two, we're sons of God through faith. Verse 26 says, For you <clears throat> for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Let me say that again. For you are all sons and daughters of Of God through faith in Christ Jesus. In verse 7 of that same chapter, Paul stated that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. I'm glad that spiritually speaking, I am a descendant of Abraham because he believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. I believe God, I believe in his son Jesus Christ that he died on the cross for me. Therefore, I am the spiritual Descendant of Abraham. You know, yesterday we went to Tyler for our, my, my double first cousin's uh, funeral. And it was wonderful to see uh, family there, even though it was a sad occasion. But one of the things that was brought out was the fact that as a family... Now, I don't understand the sign language. That wasn't for you. Oh, it wasn't for me. Okay. Uh, he, he, that, that, that's a child discipline taking place, I guess. Okay, forgive me. Um, and so we are the son's of God because we're the descendants of Abraham, because we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was the promise that God gives us. And it's the privilege. You know, the Jews in in Jesus' day, and even to this day, they thought that they were specially privileged, the children of God, the sons of God, because they were the descendants of Abraham. But you and I know that we are the Sons of Abraham because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Abraham believed God, Yahweh, the Savior. And that was the reason he was righteous in the sight of God. And so verse 26 states that we have an even higher privilege that we are the sons of God. Before the coming of Christ, the Gentiles were considered outsiders in receiving God's blessing and favor. The Jews felt they were the only ones who qualified as the sons of God. For the Galatian Christians to be called sons of God reminded them that as believers they are equal in God's eyes to Jewish believers. They are no longer second-class citizens of the kingdom. And, you know, this is the wonderful thing. I thank God for our church, even though uh, we've gotten in a little valley for for the present, but that God, down through the years, has brought many different groups, the Indians and the Africans and the Chinese and the Koreans, and, and God is blessed and I'm thankful that we know that we are all one family in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, nobody is a second class citizen in God's kingdom. The term sons of God is used very loosely in the world today. And uh, some people would say they are sons of God through creation. God is the father of all men physically through creation. God is not the father of all men spiritually, however. And 1 John chapter 3, verse 10 says, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. This verse clearly teaches that some are children of the devil rather than the children of God. The all of this verse refers to the list of people Paul mentions in the next two verses. We are all saved the same way through faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, you can be saved uh, anytime, place, anywhere that you trust the Lord Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And so Jesus is the vital connection. It is faith in him that guarantees that we become sons of God. Some of you have seen the movie Lawrence of Arabia. Um, It's one of those, it's my type of movie. And, uh, uh, in, in the movie, Lawrence of Arabia participated. Well, this, this may have happened later after the movie, but Lawrence of Arabia participated in the Paris peace talks after World War I. Several Arab leaders came with him to Paris and stayed in the same hotel. When they went into their bathrooms, they were amazed to find unlimited running water. By simply turning the handle on a faucet, they had unlimited supply of water. When they got ready to leave Paris, they stole the faucets and hid them in their luggage. They thought the magical faucets created the running water. When they told Lawrence of Arabia what they had done, he laughed. He explained that the faucets were useless without pipes to a source of water. In the same way, a person who's not connected to Christ is not connected to the Father. Had no spiritual sons who are not sons by faith in Jesus Christ. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And I repeat again, it is not through a certain church or a certain preacher or pastor or Bishop, or whatever title it might uh, be given, it is only through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as Brother Robert has said many times, when we have our Gideon speakers, that his father had a stroke in a ho- hotel room up in, in uh, Oklahoma and he couldn't talk, he couldn't, but the, the Gideon Bible was there and it was open the scripture and it caused him led him to know the Lord as his personal savior and so uh, that's the way God works uh, miraculously and in everyone's life point number three clothed in Christ through faith verse 27 for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ were baptized now Water baptism is important. Water baptism is the outward act of public confession of one's faith in Jesus Christ. But it is my opinion that Paul is not here referring to water baptism. The Bible nowhere teaches salvation by physical baptism, especially not in Galatians where the central message is salvation by faith alone, plus absolutely nothing else. And so, we are not, through water baptism, baptized into Christ. We are, when we place faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are born again by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, baptizes us into Christ, he places us in Christ. And over and over again in the epistles of Paul, especially I think it's 65 times, it refers to the fact that we are in him, in Christ, in Christ Jesus, and so on. And so we are in him because of that work of the Holy Spirit, uh, that when we place faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are clothed in his righteousness. R.C. Sproul in one of his books told the story of the priest with dirty clothes. And uh, the young priest had been newly ordained. And he had been invited to go to the castle to preach to the king. And life along the road had been raining, was full of rain and mud, mud puddles, and Jonathan the priest arrived very dirty to the castle. And uh, the story goes that Malice, the wicked magician, stopped him from entering the castle to preach his sermon. But the king gave him another chance. However, Jonathan's still wearing those dirty clothes and nothing could get them clean. The great prince promises clean clothes for Jonathan if he will go back to the castle to preach. Afraid and still dirty, Jonathan heads back to the castle. Malice, the evil magician, tries to throw him out again. But just in the nick of time, the great prince arrives and clothes Jonathan in his royal robes. And that's what happens to you and to me when we come and place our faith in Jesus Christ, the blessed Son of God, second person of the Holy Trinity, who left heaven's glory and came to this earth and became a man, laid aside all the trappings of glory, of divinity, of the Godhead, and became a man like us, and lived among us, except that he was perfect. And. He wrapped us in his perfect righteousness. The moment you believe in Jesus Christ, God in heaven writes your name down in the Lamb's book of life. And you are saved and forgiven. You are declared righteous. You are declared justified. You are declared innocent and perfect before God. Now, the old Dale Thornton is still the same old Dale Thornton. But I stand before God because of Christ, through Christ, in Christ, today. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in unison of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. And so faith in Christ brings glory to us, brings salvation to us. And that's a great mystery. The person who places faith in Christ is crucified, buried, and resurrected with our Savior. That's what Paul says here. Because that's what baptism is. Water baptism is a picture of a person dying to sin, being buried, and rising from that water to demonstrate that Christ has risen from the dead. And through this spiritual baptism, we are joined to Christ and we put on and we are clothed with Christ. When God looks at the believer after salvation, he no longer sees the sinner, but the sinner's Savior, Jesus Christ. And point number four, we're one in Christ Christ through faith verse 28 there is neither Jew nor Greek there is neither slave nor free there is neither male nor female for you all are one in Christ Jesus you know here in America right now we have this big controversy uh, racial injustice and uh, all of these things and, and it's led to rioting and, and even people being killed because of it. But I'm glad to say that in Jesus Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. they are neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ. No racial or ethnic differences in Christ, neither Jew nor Greek. There's no class discrimination in Christ. There's neither slave nor free. When Oxford and Cambridge Universities decided to admit commoners as students way back in the 1600s, the unprecedented flood of new, innovative thought had a tremendous impact on British society. Each student was listed on the record by name and by title. When they came to the commoners, however, the names were listed with a Latin inscription, and I need Steve up here to pronounce this: "Senin nobilitat." Say it. Uh, it means it means without nobility. Yeah. Okay so they they had after their name without nobility but then they had to abbreviate it so they abbreviated it with capital s period capital n o b period which the letters spell snob and uh, we still have snobs in the world today uh not just in England but around the world and um, it's it's amazing and it's sad you know if our our Indian brothers and sisters are not here this morning but uh, we've had the privilege of making several trips to India and, and the caste system in India makes it difficult for the different castes to intermingle, to have a relationship and so forth. Thankfully Jesus can make the difference. Judaizers and some of the Galatian Christians were snobs. The Jews, To the Jews there were two classes of people. The Jews and the Gentiles. And the Gentiles were the lowest of the low. But to the Greeks, there are also two classes of people. The Greeks and the barbarians. And barbarians were the lowest of the low. But in these scriptures, in his uh, epistles, Paul sets them straight. There's no gender discrimination in Christ. There is no racial discrimination in Christ. There was a an English professor wrote the words on the whiteboard or blackboard woman without her man is a savage and uh, he told the students to punctuate it correctly and so the men wrote it woman comma without her man comma is a savage But the women wrote, women, exclamation point, without her, comma, man is a savage. So it's all in the point of view. But Jewish men thought they were the chosen people of God. They believed that God made non-Jews to be fuel for the fires of hell. They were not sure that women even had souls at all. And uh, ju- just to tell you how much uh, America has changed, uh, I had a classmate from first grade through graduation from high school. His name was Calvin. And Calvin came from a family, especially his dad, who was very prejudiced, very racially biased. And one day, Calvin and I were having a discussion, and Calvin went so far as to make the statement that he did not believe that black people, African American people, had a soul. There are probably, possibly still that kind of people in, the, in our world today. But Paul refutes that belief. He says there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And I pray and I hope this morning that you are one of us one in Christ Jesus, that you are my brother or my sister in Christ. And that, like myself, and like so many others, down through the centuries, like Martin Luther, when he was climbing the steps in Rome, came to realize That faith in Christ and him alone can bring salvation. And it can happen in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. When you understand and realize that you are a lost sinner. That you are unworthy to go into God's heaven. But that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And he will save you because he loves you. He loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross and I pray that you will know him as your savior and sometimes we see children in a service I was saved when I was 10 and it was a long time before that that I was sometimes taking pretty good naps on those old wooden pews. But I was listening, too. And God was driving the truths down into my heart. And so I came as a 10-year-old boy, falling on my face and crying out to God to save me by his grace. And he did. And I thank him for it. And Brother Stephen is going to come lead us in hymn number 386. Okay, sure.